Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Extra podcast. Just a little note before the podcast starts. This, the audio from the first part of the podcast is taken from the Twitter live lunches that myself and Christian Wolf host on a Friday lunchtime. Um, so we're joined by Alex Lawrence and we talk about the Celtic versus Rangers games. Uh, we talk about the recent transfer talk and then we break down the Celtic Rangers game. We also talk about Seduva as well and obviously the Europa League draw um, but we kind of touch on those and we focus mainly on the Celtic uh, and Rangers games, Rangers game at the weekend. We also have a second part of the podcast which is the press conference from this afternoon with Ren Rogers. Marcus McLeod was at the press conference and he got um, some the audio for us and he was also got the stuff out on Twitter. So essentially it's the full unedited uh, press conference audio so you can make your own mind up from that in terms of how Brendan comes across and just everything that goes with it. It's complete, as, as I said, it's completely unedited so that you can hear it as if you're there live. Um, thanks for listening and we'll speak to you down the road. Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic live Twitter lunches. I'm your host Chris Gallagher and I'm joined by Alex Lawrence. Good afternoon. Yeah, do you like me pointing the microphone in your face? Yes, more of that please. And Christian Wolf. Feels very professional with this microphone. Yeah, I don't know how to use it, so that's the, <laughs> it's going back and forth. Uh, yeah, so Celtic, uh, we're going to straight off the bat, Europa League draw, uh, Salzburg, Celtic, Leipzig, Rosenberg. Thoughts on the draw, Mr. Lawrence? It's a. You took it. That's a. It's a nice draw. You know, some 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 good teams there. It'll be difficult certainly with the uh, Salzburg and Leipzig and a bit more of a uh, a known quantity in Rosenborg. Um, but like Christian was saying before, we've, we've we've seen how Celtic can beat Rosenborg, so that should be fine. Um, it'll be tough, and tough test out there though. Certainly, Christian. <laughs> he's, he's grinning. Yeah, all, all the Red Bulls. Um, I think Alex is a lot more excited than he uh, gives out there. It's obviously a, a hipster's dream draw this in terms of the tactical side, so I'm sure we get back to that. Uh, Rosenberg as well. Uh, they are in a better place, Rosenberg. They, they're definitely getting better as the season goes on, and they're in a good flow at the moment, and they were pretty effective in the two qualifiers they played after Celtic, so... Probably could have got an easier team in, in pot four, but overall, I think that's an interesting group for Celtic, and it's a really good measurement of where they are in terms of you know European standard. Uh, you know, uh, maybe the best Austrian team, the best Norwegian team, one other better German team. So yeah, it's it's. I think it's a decent draw all around. Yeah, cool. Well, um, so I mean, we're obviously that that's a big. Uh, part of our season the Europa League um, to get to the Europa League obviously yesterday we took on Sudova in the second leg um, pretty assured performance overall I thought personally uh, talk us through your thoughts Alex um, well certainly the you do have to take into account the quality of opposition but at the same time we saw a game and the way that Sudova set up wasn't too dissimilar to how Hamilton played at the weekend uh, certainly the same 
basic strategy and it's the same basic formation with many of the same um, movements that, the, that Suduva had. And I thought that the reaction that Celtic brought and the way that they, the, the way that they attacked Suduva was was much improved uh, from what we've seen from what we've seen uh, last week and from what we've seen generally previously this season so far. So I think there's a lot of a lot of positive aspects, a lot of positive things to take away from that performance. Um, certainly, performances the likes of uh, McGregor. McGregor. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Right. But McGregor is fantastic, fantastic in picking up the wee, um, picking up those wee spaces behind the behind the centre mids as they pressed out, and Cham did similar on the on the right hand side. Uh, and I thought that in terms of the way that Celtic built up in this game was much more effective than it has been has been previously. Yeah, um, Christian, your thoughts on your man Ayer scoring a, a terrific goal? Yeah, I think it's one of the greatest headed goals in Celtic <laughs> Park I've ever seen. I think he bounced about eight times. Um, yeah, he was very pleased about it. He celebrated as, his, uh, as he should because it's his first goal for Celtic, first goal in, in quite a long while. Um, and he's really been waiting for that one. And, and that's the two centre-backs now scored in, in consecutive games, which um, will come on to the Rangers game later. But I think set-pieces will have a, a big influence on that game. Um, obviously Celtic bringing in uh, well actually just before we kind of move on to kind of the kind of tra- thoughts on transfers obviously there's been some big movement and big thoughts over the last day or so a um, couple of my points about Sadova I thought Christie was bright mm-hmm. um, I thought he looked quite uh, sharp um, when he was kind of when he was dragged out left, he was kind of running kind of across the whole kind of front line yeah. at points, going wide, coming in as well. Do you think his future is as, as a striker or just in maybe the Tom Rogic half space? I think half of space. <laughs> You're the one who taught me the word. Uh, <laughs> um, I think it's. I think what Christie gives you if he's leading the line is a lot different from what say Lee Griffiths gives you. It's a lot different from what. Moussin Dembele gives you it's closer to maybe what Odson Edward gives you in that he's a bit more flexible and you guys and keep going I need to sort something a bit more flexible and dropping off and picking up wee spaces and more in the midfield areas um, but we've seen from his time in, in Aberdeen that he's a he's certainly a a strong creative force and can really drive a team forwards and can be sort of relied upon to to play those wee th- nice threaded passes or make those forward runs and whatnot. So whether or not his future is it up front or at Celtic uh, on the whole, it's yet to be seen. So now that Gal's stepped away to do some technical issues, mm. we can really get into the tactical stuff. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit yesterday as well and over the last two games about Dedrick Boyata because mm. obviously I think there's a a mental side to this, so he maybe gives a certain calming influence to that backline, but you also think it maybe helps with the more tactical outlook in that he's, he's quite aggressive mm. in, in pressing up, especially when Celtic are attacking. Yeah, certainly. I think that's probably the the biggest difference between Bayat and Henry. I can't remember if I said it last week, but the big difference between What Bayat was that about me? You missed me for some reason? Just talking about oh. spaces. Um, Sorry. So when talking about Dedrick Bayata and, yeah. and how he differs from Jack Henry, you see, um, you see, especially when Celtic are attacking, especially around the around the penalty box, when it comes to clearances or attempted counter attacks, he's always he's always seems to be the Hello. first guy, the first guy there, uh, and we saw it quite a lot last night where he was he was pressing up, 
So when the when the ball comes up, he was pressing up. He was winning that first ball. He was making sure that the defender, the their striker, had no chance of holding the ball up. And it was a case of clearance when the ball start another attack. Clearance when the ball start another attack. And I think that Jack Henry isn't so aggressive when it comes to defending forwards like that. He tends to sort of step back a wee bit more, maybe doesn't recognise the situation as, as quickly as Boyata. Um, so, yeah, certainly he gives you that. Yeah, so I think after the game, everything, uh, game yesterday, everything looked rosy. And then, Gal, Twitter. Twitter happened. Um, yeah, uh, so I'm sure everyone and their dog is. Uh, I don't know why your dog's on Twitter, but everyone and their dog. Uh, must be aware of the tweets that have been posted, and I'm going to say this from Musa Dembele's account because I don't. I think it's kind of well, it's commonplace that Musa Dembele doesn't actually run that account on his own. Um, so you'd have to maybe be led to believe that it's his agent um, that's kind of posting some tweets that are taking swipes at Rogers slash the board. I mean, where where do you think they've been aimed at, Christian? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's. We tried to do a bit of tactical analysis on this pod. The, the, the depth of analysis of these Twitter, uh, of the tweets and the likes has is, is been phenomenal. Uh, who knows? It'll be very interesting to see what Brendan Rodgers, if he shows up, if he doesn't send Chris Davis, what he says at the press conference, which is about to start now. Um, we have our man Marcus McLeod at the press he's conference. He's there, so he'll let us know if there's any, any more drama, any, any more, more social media drama. But... There's been so much said about it in, in the space of so few hours. I think it seems to me this is more a negotiation ongoing between Celtic and Leon. I don't think Musa Dembele would have been allowed to mm. agree terms, as it seems like he has with, with, with Leon, unless Celtic was willing to, to listen to an offer. But Leon has a reputation for being quite hard bargainers themselves um, in France when it comes to players. So, so they're probably trying to to lowball this as well and I said something that Peter Lowe doesn't like is it's, it's being lowballed so I, I think it's basically a standoff between the two clubs whether who runs Musa's account isn't helping but you know it's he's, he's got two years yet left of his contract yes. and, you know it's not like Celtic needs to sell him now if he has a good autumn in the Europa League he's going to go for just as much in, in January so I think he just Musa just needs to suck it up and uh, if, if an, the offer is good enough from Leon Fair enough, but if not, just keep him. He doesn't know what a short sentence is. That was a short sentence for me. It was. Um, but I mean, even with all what you've just said, which I think, you know, kind of summed up very well, Celtic are still in the driving seat, of course. Um, and Moussa Dembele, an angry Moussa Dembele focused on getting a move in January is a dangerous Miss Dembele. Yes or no? Probably, perhaps. How important... So as we move on to... What's the laughing about... No, 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 nothing. It was just that was uh, a lot shorter, shorter than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a short end. Uh, can I just give you, get your thoughts on Malumbu? Um, I'm sure you would have watched him uh, last season and what Jenk you bring to Celtic from a tactical point of view. Well, certainly, obviously, he was a revelation for, for Kamarnik last season and obviously a huge part of the reason why they ended up finishing so high up the table. Um, and Brendan Rodgers, I think he spoke about wanting that that aggressive number eight that uh, that that sort of aggressive force in in the midfield maybe to whether or not to 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 complement someone like Scott Brown and Lavin Cham or to eventually over overtake them um but certainly he is aggressive and he's very kind of in your face and quite forthright. But when, when, it, when it comes to pressing, is is 
pressing last season for Kamark was, was excellent. Yeah. Really excellent. And in terms of how he was able to then keep the ball as well, I think it was an underrated con- uh, facet of his game was how well he kept the ball. There's no chance he'll play on Sunday. Or is there? I'd, I'd be surprised. Yeah, it's too, too, soon. Surprised. too soon. I don't know where he'd fit in either. If, if he plays, then Scott Brown doesn't play because they don't see him going can, in. Can I ask you so, just one second? Um, the idea of Malumbo and Brown sitting with Incham being given a, given a bit more freedom where do you put McGregor then? on the left hand side left hand narrow diamond mm, maybe yeah. I, I like Malumbu I, I, yeah. I think everyone's kind of in agreement that it's a yeah. good signing it, it's in a one way it's, it's kind of a signing that doesn't fit Celtic's perceived policy because it's you know he's 31 years old mm, yeah. and so on yeah. but it seems that with the signals that saying that Kwasi is has said he can, he can move. It seems to be taking his place in the squad. Uh, we've got we've got some breaking news. Oh, breaking um, news. Ten to fifteen minutes with the, um, into training uh, this morning. Um, did Brendan Rodgers and Dembele had a talk? Dembele was taken aside. They had a talk, and Dembele left training halfway through the session, or just as the session. Came breaking out. news. Breaking news from the ninety minutes in it. And, and the press conference is, is about to start, I see, from Marcus as well. Um, so, I mean, we're in a situation... I, I, just to finish up on Mulimbu, he's a good signing. It'll take him maybe a couple of weeks to get up to speed. But from a squad point of view of us moving forward with the Europa League, a battle on four fronts, um, good signing? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's always, as I said, it's it's Kowalski out Mulimbu in. And I think it's obviously... Ready-made experience, and he's, he's just a he's just a good player. He's, do you know he's just yeah. a good player? I mean, that's the one thing. And Marek's agreeing. He's behind the camera. He's just a good player. Okay, yeah. All you need to know. Um, yeah. So we're looking off ahead to uh, the first Glasgow derby of the season: uh, Celtic versus Rangers at Celtic Park. We have a preview on 90minutesynic.com Check it out. It's a terrific preview, as always. Um, thoughts on just the overall kind of going into this game. Rangers coming back from Russia, Celtic obviously being at Celtic Park, Celtic having you know a little bit of issues with Dembele etc. Who's going into this in the better frame of mind? I think that obviously uh, with the with recent results and with recent performances in general, I think that Rangers will be very optimistic. Um, they'll be very optimistic and they'll feel like they can certainly get something out of this game. There's a lot of optimism going around Ibrox, so. A lot of it will depend on how on how Stephen Gerrard wants to approach it. If he wants to to sit and maybe be, be a wee bit more passive, then I think that Celtic should be fine. But if he wants to go and press, depending on how well they press, it could be it could be a tricky affair. Um, but certainly from the the improvements that we've seen from Celtic in the last couple of weeks, I think that they're fairly well fairly well uh, placed to to deal to deal with or to negotiate what they just throw. Mentally, Rangers seem to be in a good place. Mm. Um, except, except Morelos. Well, <laughs> it's not on the pitch that often anymore. Um, physically, obviously they had a game in Russia. They're coming back. I do. We've kind of talked about this on the podcast on, on Tuesday. They're more. They haven't lost this season, but they're more underlying stats in terms of the chances they've actually created and conceded. I think they've been pretty lucky not to lose. You know, they have been riding the luck a little bit in terms of the percentages and, and so on. Um, so it's, it's, it's a really interesting derby. I think it's one of the more interesting ones in in a long while for, for various reasons. 
and it's, it's, I think it'll hopefully be quite a defining one. Um, I think if Celtic goes out and play pretty much the normal game and have a, have a decent performance, I think the Rangers' resurgence is a, not based on false premises, but there's things there, especially in the stats, that goes, I go, you know, they will regress at some point. So, so man, I'm, from a Celtic point of view, I'm, I'm quietly optimistic. Um, Alex, um, in terms of... I can just speak, but thank you. That was nice of you. Um, in terms of uh, strengths and you know where Rangers are gonna, what are Rangers' strengths essentially? Is what I'm asking. Well, certainly in the in the pieces that I've written on on Spielflagrung this season, I've spoken where? a lot about on Spielflagrung. Okay. Yeah. Spielflagrung. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've spoke a lot about their about their wing play and how how dynamic their wing play has been and how important that's been, and and giving them a sort of varied attacking threat. Um, so certainly, especially on the right hand side, um, especially on the right hand side, that will be that will be an area that Celtic Rangers will probably look to look to attack down a lot. With the injury to to Murphy, the left hand side looks to be a bit different, but with Kent in there, it should be it should play a similar role. What's, what sort of player is Kent? Because I don't know much about him. Uh, Kent's a really really dynamic winger. Um, will it, will it take people on one on one? Yeah, yeah, certainly, yeah okay. certainly, certainly. Um, he'll come inside as well a wee bit, but not to the same extent as Murphy did. Um, so that gives that side a wee bit different dynamic. We've obviously, got Barisic on the at left back there, who will really get up and down for them. And have you we'll, been impressed with him? Or? Yeah, he's he's looks he's looked really impressive in the in the games he's played so far. His quality of delivery is is excellent, um, which could uh, which will really help and give them a. And I guess a lot of the talk around Rangers last season of this has been down the flanks. So, mm. you know, the fullbacks, yep. Candeas, as you come in on yep. the left side, this as well. But I think we want to talk a little bit about Rangers' central midfield and how that will match up with, with Celtics yep. and, and yep. especially Ryan Jack and Ejaria. So, I mean, Ryan Jack is supposedly, <laughs> supposedly, his reports this season and, his, and his, you know, he's, he's got a lot of praise this season. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you see that linking up against Celtic? I think that, again, a lot of it will depend on how, on how Celtic shape up. Mm-hmm. But how do you think Celtic are going to shape up? So I guess the question is a 4 2 3 1 yeah. rather than more a 3 and Tierney as the, the foremost on the yeah. left hand side. I would, I would expect. I would expect a four-two-three-one for a couple of different reasons, and the first reason, uh, going back to the Ryan Jack point, linking back. Um, Superb, he's, he's getting there. Uh, the first point, going back to the Ryan Jack point, there is how Celtic will will look to press and what spaces they'll look to take away from Rangers. Now Ryan Jack has been, he's been excellent for for Rangers this season in terms of controlling the controlling the centre of the pitch and getting the ball from the centre backs and moving it on and sort of being that platform to play around. And when Celtic have played 4-3-3 this season, they've struggled to press in that area there. So yeah. we saw that against Partick Thistle. We saw that even last night against Aduba. Um They have a tendency to drop off and sit a bit deeper, whether for fitness reasons or uh, just player limitations or whatnot. But that's an area Form. that maybe perhaps... So the, does that mean you would have Brown and Chad maybe more sitting and then push either Rodrigo or Sue McGregor mm. up into that space around Jack yeah especially for pressing especially for pressing because then the, yeah, assuming it's Griffiths that starts up front yeah. then Griffiths yeah. isn't really particularly great at pressing backwards and pressing backwards in there and helping in that area although Dim, um, I should say that uh, in the press conference yesterday 
Rogers said that Edouard looks like he will play some part right. in the game whether that's him starting or whether that's him coming on as an impact sub we know what he does when he comes on yeah. as an impact sub and uh-huh. how impressive he is um, what's the difference dynamic the different dynamic between Griffiths and Edouard what, what do they give you differently from each other I think it, and how does it, that affect the team as well certainly last season I would have said that Griffiths is a lot more not prone to but he tends to go behind a whole lot more he tends to make those runs in behind and seek those runs in behind even if it means he goes offside two or three times a game now we saw four or five times a game okay so the per <laughs> 90 uh, so we saw we saw last night the types of runs that he makes where he'll run in behind and he'll make big runs into the down the sides um, especially for like Lustig Lustig's one of these players that will actually look for that direct ball none of the other guys tend to tend yeah. to do it um, so yeah, he gives you that dynamic but also last night we saw that he was coming off the off the front line a wee bit which he was doing it so at quite okay times and he was helping Link he was helping sort of um, just create those wee small overloads in the middle of the pitch and Cal McGregor could, could make the most of them but Edward, when Edward does that he does it he's far more effective at doing that even if he does come off to the left side a wee bit more uh, his timing of when he drops off and the positions he drops off into and the connections that he builds when he drops off are far far better and then obviously he still has that amazing turn of speed to get in behind if he wants to go in behind um, so even if it was just a Edward tends to favour the left side a wee bit more and Griffiths tends to favour the right side a wee bit more that affects the dynamic a wee bit so yeah. Um, so yeah that, that affects how Kieran Tierney might go and support it affects if Sinclair plays where the positions that Sinclair might pick up uh, I'd, I guess if, if we do Celtic do go over the 4 2 3 one, mm-hmm. the only real question for me if we assume that Griffiths is starting is whether you put Sinclair out to the left and McGregor more in the 10 yep. or McGregor maybe a bit more out to the left and Rodrick in the middle yep. so from as you say, a pressing point of view and putting maybe Ryan Dak under pressure, would you choose McGregor over Rodrick and then have Sinclair yeah. White? Yeah, uh-huh, certainly. But the, again, there's yeah. there's there's more to it than just that. So you have to look at, you might prefer to have Rogicson, Cal McGregor in that sort of <clears throat> double 10 when they have the ball. So a 20. Uh, in the double 10 <laughs> when Celtic have the ball. Stats tactics joke. Hilarious. Yeah, so, I mean... Rogic hasn't played well, a whole lot, a whole lot this season. Um, I think that when he has played, he's been this season anyway. He's been a little bit underwhelming, but at the same time, he has this remarkable record against Rangers, where it seems like every week, you, every week, every time they, they play, it seems like he scores. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Listen, we, we've kept you here long enough. It's the lunch that we, we could speak for hours. Mm. Frankly, my coffee's empty. His coffee's empty. Um, just what's your prediction for the for the weekend? 2-1 Celtic lovely stuff lovely stuff uh, Christian Wolf, pleasure as always pleasure was mine pleasure. Um, are we going to check the, I don't know if there's got any more breaking news see if um, we've got any more breaking news we, before we wrap up we're just checking the phone probably just not professional uh, very professional checking his phone it's, it's, uh, the press conference is, is running late that's, that's the breaking news I'll get started breaking. so uh, stay tuned on, on Twitter we'll Alex Lawrence Alex Lawrence pleasure as always I'm sure we'll have you back on again soon so. thank you very much for having me Marek Robert behind the camera we're all going to death trips tonight if anyone's final I'm sure you'll be I'm, reading a book I'm, I'm not oh, no okay. we are the 90 Minute Cynic and we'll speak to you down the road
probably a little bit late, guys. But later, starting training. The police sort of thing in that earlier as well. So. Last day. Always busy, isn't it? Brendan, can you bring us up to speed with Musa? Is there any developments yet? Nothing. No. No. No more. Musa um, was in today, so with the squad, but nothing, nothing further. You walked off training after a chat with you. Didn't look too enthusiastic, did you say? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, no, it's very important that I protect the, the environment as well. You know, we have to have everyone working. Um, but like I say, he, uh, he was best to be inside this morning. Was that your decision to take off the training ground there? We just, I was just want to have a chat with him, really. And, uh, and like I say, best for him to go inside and let the others work. And, you know, there were two new boys in training today, which was great. And... As I said, the squad trained very well this morning. Is in a state of mind to play on Sunday? Uh, it's highly unlikely. It's highly unlikely. So, um, but like I said, you never know. The next 24 hours, 40 hours, so we'll see. Do you expect them still to be here in after midnight? Well, I think the club have made it clear in terms of uh, to his representatives and to himself where, where it's at. Um, if there's any change in that over this period, we'll We'll see, but uh, but yeah, that's it's currently where it's at. What I said last night after yeah. the game. And would that change? Would that change be in you finding a replacement for him? Well, it, it's a bit more than that. It's you know I think what's very important here is that it is the it is our overall culture and environment. You know I think we have we have players in the in the building, of course. In terms of Hodgson and Lee and you know, Ryan Christie, who come on last night and done great, um, and of course we, we, you know, if you if you lose a player of say Mrs. quality, then of course you would like to uh, re- replace that. But uh, but if you can't, there's still a bigger picture to it all, which is about uh, again protecting how we work. So, um, but like I say, it, nothing really has changed too much from from what I said last night. So um, so that's where it's at. Sorry, Brendan, is there a worry though that if he said isn't in the right place and you know, he's, he's unhappy around the squad and the team, is that, is that, could that not have a bigger impact? Yeah, and I think that's something, like I say, I need to, you know, I need to be aware of that, which I am, of course. There, there, there's certain players, of course, that could be disappointed not to get a move and, uh, and like I say, they're, they can come back and play and, and, and work well. Um, but there may be some players that, that can't do that. So, uh, but overall, as the manager, you need to ensure that you you oversee all of that. Because, like I say, uh, my job is always to protect the club. You know, it's the best interest of the club, and the club is the the players that are here, how they work, how hard they work. And, uh, and like I've always said, the money's in their bank every month, at the end of the month. So you have to work. You know, there's no getting away from it. And like I say, I'll always. Uh, make what I think is the best interest uh, of the club. When you look at his Twitter feed, Brendan, whoever was tweeting from it, I guess it might have been him, should have been him or was him, but it seems as if he's had a bit to say or some cryptic messages up there. Is that what did you read into the, to those messages? Not a great deal, really, other than, you know, at this time of the season, there's always a narrative around um, players and agents and 
and maybe 24 moves, you know. So, um, so it was disappointing. I had seen some of the, the, the comments within that. But um, but like I say, it's, it's something that will always look after the best interests of the club. I think I'm sure you can appreciate as well. There is a, a narrative around these uh, types of situations that... Uh, it may be about trying to force a move. So, um, but it's certainly something that the Celtic as a, a football club and as a, as a fan base are very strong with. So, uh, so we just manage it going forward. Who do you think he was directing those comments at? Was it you or something in the board or the club in general? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd be disappointed if it was myself, considering taking him in um, a couple of years ago from where he was at. You know, and developing and, and giving them the opportunity, um, and always being very clear and always being very direct. You know, um, for Musa, there's never been any promises, but there's always been a plan. And the plan was that he signed for four years, and I felt at the time when we signed him that if he, he if he was playing to the level, and and you know was developing and improving, there there probably would be opportunities for him. Now, amid still the speculation that's gone on over the last couple of years, uh, we've actually had one club over that period make uh, make an inquiry, uh, and and obviously in the middle of this week we had the second club. So, amidst it all and all the gossip and speculation goes around, that's that's where it was at. So. Uh, so in the period over the last couple of years, he's developed, developed very, very well. Been a good guy, works well. Uh, but of course, there's been a delicate situation this this week because it's something that uh, going back home to France, uh, playing in the Champions League again, has probably appealed to him. So, um, but like I say, there's a way in which you know these things happen, and like I say, we all would love it to go to plan all the time, but uh, but if it doesn't, then of course we. Uh, uh, we have to continue to work. So, so like I say, we'll, we'll, it's part of the game nowadays. So, uh, but like I say, we just focus on the football. And do, you, do you feel let down by some of those comments and given what you said about what the club and what you've done? No, not really. No, I think, like I said, it's it can it's a game for for people. I don't really get involved in it all, to be honest. You know, there's a lot of gossip and speculation around football nowadays. Lots of opinion. Uh, it doesn't bother me, me either way. I think the players here, the staff here, everyone here knows, you know, how I work. Um, and of this course, this is one of your players. Hey, this is one of your players, who's and he's a senior player. You can say at the club at the moment, who seems to be very unhappy yeah. at the moment. And, and where he is at the club? Yeah. And that, like I said, internally we'll, we'll deal with that. Brendan, and sorry to go on a bit, but one of yeah. the messages he says a man without his word is nothing, a real man keeps his word. Mm. The inference there is that he's been betrayed from his point of view. Have you asked him about that? What do you make of that specific comment? Yeah, I, I haven't really gone into it with him, to be honest. Um, and like I say, I'm not really here to talk about cryptic messages and whatnot. you know we've always uh, had an open relationship you know as representatives have with the club you know like I say we understand it's a it's a time whenever it is difficult 
because uh, there's a possibility that he can he can move back home. Um, but we just have to manage through that. And uh, like I say, we'll see how it goes today, um, and then we'll assess it all from there. Can you confirm, as is, is, you said earlier, that perhaps players' agents could be driving a move? Can you confirm if he is responsible for these messages or is his agent? I have not got a clue. I won't have a clue. Um, you have uh, all the Twitter messages now, and you've got guys that have Twitter uh, things that are set up that's not even, you know, it's in their name, but it's not even accounted to them. So, and I've been totally honest, I don't really, I've never been involved in it, I've never been into it. Um, so, uh, so I wouldn't really know how it, how it all works. And one other message he appeared to support yeah. the view that um, perhaps Celtic were willing for Musa to leave the club in January last year to Brighton. Can you quell that? 150%. 150%. I've never... You know, I spoke to Chris Hutton on a player uh, last last summer it was. Uh, a player he'd asked for, but it wasn't a... It wasn't Musa, you know. Um, and like I say, I repeat, we've never had... We've never had anything i seen one of the comments about me encouraging to go to Brighton because it was a bigger club than Celtic. I find that hard being a Celtic supporter <laughs> and uh, knowing the size of this club and, uh, and the worldwide appeal to it uh, that I would even consider saying anything like that. Dedrick Boyata has been reintegrated into the squad after a similar episode. Yeah. Is this a different degree uh, of difficulty you're dealing with here and is it possible for Musa to be reintegrated? Yeah, listen, I always try and do what's best for the club. You know, it's in the best interest of the club. I think, you see, we, we Dedrick, again, he had a situation um, that uh, was difficult for him, but the dialogue was always open. Um, and like I say, we talked about it, you know, talked to his teammates about it. And uh, like I say, there will be a point in time in, in the future that he will go, I'm sure in the last year of his contract um, but you've seen how he's dealt with it he's had to take a bit of stick for it but he's got on with it and you've seen his last two performances uh, how good he's been so um, so like I say we, we, um, we'll we assess it and then uh, see where it's at Brendan, you said you'll assess it is that today? <clears throat> you make a decision on this today whether Musa stays or whether he goes well again well, <coughs> it'll be something that you know, we'll speak with the club later on. Um, but at this moment in time, the, the stance that we said last night in relation to, to Mrs. is very much the same. So, um, so like I say, man, my job is really to protect the best interests of the club and, uh, and the group of players that are here training and working every single day. And that doesn't change. How important, Brendan, is that you don't let this saga with Timbele bubble on or affect what will be a obviously a huge game on Sunday yeah it certainly won't do that you know I think that uh, you know, you've seen the performance last night of the players to get through and uh, they were in this morning recovering with a really good training session we get um, Philippe and Yusuf in training today as well so they've given the, the group a little uh, nice little uh, you know positive feel to it this morning the training was very very good and, and, and that's how it's been in the time here, you know, you have to set a standard every day for your work, and 
and, and those standards, we, we try to maintain them as high as we possibly can. There's always going to be distractions, of course, and none more so than in a transfer window last day. So, um, but now our focus is very, very much on the game. You know, we've had two really good results at home, and we always said we we would like to finish this first phase of the season with uh, with three home wins, and and that'll be the focus. Yeah, yeah, the paperwork's gone through on that, yeah. A loan deal for a, for a year? Yeah. Available Sunday? Available, yeah. What brought you to him? Finding well, I think we felt we were looking at it and uh, with some of the players and everything that's been injured and feeling that probably we needed to look at a number one centre half. You know, we've got uh, somebody who's really dominant in both boxes. You know, he's... He's obviously been brought in by Leicester as a as a talent for the future, um, but uh, but we see in terms of where we're at and what can help us for this this season is is someone key in that position. And like I said, six foot four, he's very aggressive, he's good on the ball, and uh, and like I say, he's ready now. He's 21, but got experience, ready to come in and, and show his qualities. So uh, so that was great, and, and we thank Leicester for that. Uh, and, uh, and obviously Yusuf, you know, you've seen him up here for the last year. I've seen him obviously in the Premier League, and he's a very, very good player. So, uh, so both those players will come in and, and add to what we have. What about Rangers then on Sunday? How big a task <coughs> will this be to take on a Steven Gerrard's Rangers side in comparison to what you've faced in the last couple of years? Well, there's no doubt that. Uh, Looking at them and and analysing them, that the um, that Stephen's done a very good job since gone in, uh, pulled together a lot of players and uh, clear how they work. and And I think what what is key is they brought in some good players, you know, players of uh, a higher level that allows them to uh, to obviously work in a better way. So uh, so now he's had a very good pre-season. Um, so, um, but like I say, you—it's not so much the manager or whoever you're up against, whether it was Graham Murty or, or Mark or Pedro. Who, it doesn't matter. It's—it's it's really about the, uh, the players on the field, and, and you try and organise your team to play against the opponent. And uh, and like I say, for us, it's—it's it's a great game to finish this phase of games. You know, a, you know, Celtic Rangers game at, at Celtic Park. It's got the added edge to it where the, it's you know mostly going to be predominantly Celtic supporters there um, so that'll be an interesting dynamic to the game having been involved in 11 of them now um, and then how the, the dynamics of it are so um, but yeah it's it's fantastic game and, and no doubt we'll be ready What do you make of that uh, the change of dynamic in terms of only a small away support at both grounds this season for the Old game? I'll probably tell you Better on the after I've been involved in both games, you know, both at Celtic Park and Ibrox. You know, I thought that um, the atmospheres that that we've been in have been been amazing, and in, in, in all the games, whether they've been there or the ones at Hamden. Uh, so obviously this is this is a slightly different one. So we'll see how how it is. Of course, you you know you're at home and you get predominantly your supporters, and of course it gives you a great great encouragement. So. Um, but I probably won't be able to tell you until after. Any concern that it might dilute it, though? Dilute the atmosphere? No. Well, I don't know. Well, we need to wait and see. 
don't we? Of course, it's going to be. I think the the, the beauty of these games was the uh, what was the the two sets of supporters in there, both. You know, if Rangers were coming to Celtic Park, or or, or us going to to Ibrox, You know, with that large contingent of away support, it always gave it that great special atmosphere. So, um, so we'll see how it is. Given everything that's happened with both clubs over yeah. the pre-season, how important is it to make a statement on, on Sunday and sort of reassert the dominance that Celtic's had over Rangers over the past number of years? Not really. I think it's just about, you know, for us it's just about, you know, staying calm and, and focused. You know, we know how we, we want to play. We play really aggressively. Um, yeah, in the last couple of years we've been dominant in the fixture and, and we continue to be, you know, so... Um, but it doesn't come to you. You have to. You have to work hard, and, and you have to show your qualities. Uh, and these are games that they're amazing games to be involved in. So, uh, so like I say, being the first one of the season, and uh, it should be a really special game. What's on the teams you might you will face sorry, in the group stages of the Europa League? Yeah, well, interesting. Obviously, both of the, the Red Bull teams, and then back to uh, back to Rosenberg. <laughs> Funny, actually, their captain says to us afterwards, "Hope we'll maybe see you next year." I don't think he thought he would see us in a few months' time. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, but uh, but not, like I say, that the great games, it's you know, you know, a wonderful competition, and and for us, the, the football and rewards and uh, is all there for us. So, um, so tough group, but we'll uh, we'll look forward to when those games arrive. Find a chance to get out. Well, that's our, that's our plan. You know, our plan is to do the very best we can. You know, people ask about where do you want to go, how far do you want to go in the competition. We just do our very, very best. And uh, and like I say, these last couple of years, how the players have mixed between the European and the and the domestic has been first class. So, uh, so for us coming into the, the Europa League, it's a competition again that we we want to go as far as we can. But uh, but we'll respect the, the three teams that's in there. Is there any other interest in any of players, Brendan? Going out. Yeah, I think there'll be a few of the, uh, you know, the younger players certainly going out, and there, there is a bit of interest in, in one or two of our, our, our senior players. But um, but yeah, we'll, we'll just see how that evolves over Scott the rest of the day. Possibly, There's interest in, in, in Scott, yeah. And then it's uh, Stephen Jenner been in touch since you qualified for the, the group stages. Yeah, no, no there's we, we've had a, a text message, but nothing more than that I think it's one guys listen I know you'd love there's a great narrative here in the game with, with the two of us having worked together and now in, in, in the teams but um, listen our jobs are so busy and uh, I remember talking to Alex my cliche about it you know by the time he came up here and, and Gordon was the manager here and they've been close friends but you just never get the chance to to see each other never you know or, or speak so much so um just so engrossed in our jobs and our work, but I look forward to seeing them on. Uh, look forward to seeing them on Sunday. Is it just a well done? He said to you. Yeah. Is it just a well done text, or was it just a? Sort of thing? No, no. It was. It was one that uh, I sent him a message after they got through. So, as I said, it's for Scottish teams. I think you know. You look at the competition. It's uh, it's a tough. It's a tough run of games. And uh, like I say, if you uh, if you get through it at the end and qualify for European football, then it's uh, it's <coughs> like I say, it's very tough. So to do it, it's uh, it's a well done. So um, so like I say, uh, that was it really.
You'd be surprised at how well he's done so early on in his managerial. <clears throat> well, I think that you just never know when when you go into a, a job. But um, but like I say, I think towards the end of last season, him and Mark had a good chance to probably plan and, and look at the squad and then be ready for when they come in at pre-season. Um, Stephen as a player, standards were always very high and he looked to take that into his managerial career. So, uh, like I said, they recruited some good players, they've upped the level of their, their team and, uh, and, like I say, they've, uh, they've had some good results. So, um, but like I say, this will be an interesting game and a game to look forward to the weekend. Being at home, is, it, is, is the pressure on you more than it is on Rangers? Listen, I'm always happy to take the pressure. There's no there's no worry about that. We expect to win every game we play. So we uh, there's no different. There's home and away. We expect to uh, to play well and, and to get a victory. So um, I don't think there's any more or less pressure on us. Right, OK. Thanks, Cheers. Thank you.